Welcome to the 4A Music Podcast. I'm Charlie. I'm Alexandria. I'm Amy. On this week's pod, Cecile McLaurin-Savant tells us about her day while T-Pain tells the naysayers to shut up. Brian May is named the greatest guitar player of all time, new music, and more. First off, what's new? What's on your mind, Amy? Oh, hey there. Um, what's on my mind? Well, don't I want to tell you? <laughs> I <laughs> went with Alexandria and my brother who came to visit me um, to the jazz gallery. I had never been before to hear Michael Mayo and Shy Maestro um, duo. Uh, it was... First of all, I always love how hearing music happens when you need it. Usually for me, it tends to happen when I sort of just need it. And it was ridiculous. It was so inspiring as a vocalist because it was duo, true duo to me in that it was a partnership and not necessarily like, you know, accompanying or like whatever. I Maybe people don't know what duo can end up being like, but it just was like one of the most evolved forms of duo I had seen and the choices were like super bold a lot of deep cuts a couple of like songs with a ton of gnarly stuff going on and a lot of improvisation yeah. like at the same time um like I guess we could call that free um so I was super inspired and pretty much just geeking out about it and Alexandria um, had a voice memo of one of the tunes that I wanted to shed. So I was like, yes! Jazz um, Gallery, don't hurt us. Maybe we can cut that out. Sorry. Anyways, yeah, it was amazing. It was pretty great. I think of like the, um, it's kind of like uh, the Bobby McFerrin, Chick Corea thing, like in terms of like interaction versus like that's that's a little bit kind of a different sort of duo thing versus like Tony Bennett, Bill Evans, which I also love. Like I love yeah. both of those things, but that's a little bit of a different thing. That's yeah. a perfect way to put it. We thought it was like the next iteration of like that jet, like not even jazz, just like duo. Situation. Well, it made me want to shed literally everybody. But Bobby McFerrin came to mind and and like a couple of pian- more experimental pianists came to mind too. That I think I like the way you put that because we love that other form of duo as well. But I think yeah. the Bobby McFerrin Chikoria like sphere is more where this sat. Definitely. And I think, I think even in this, like this show, um, Michael took more of like, he took command. Like he was not afraid to just be like, yeah, we're here. Bummy, boo, yeah. I was like, God dang. And his range is such that he could function as a bass below the piano or above his technique is like pretty pr- insane. I don't like to use the word impressive all the time because it's like obviously someone's worked really hard. I don't know. I feel like impressive implies something weird sometimes, but I think it is a really uh, a range to to be had. Yeah. Shoot. shoot, shoot <laughs> and shoot. technique to be had. I'm yeah, like, wow. He's saying that thing so fast. Uh, this thing he's saying so fast, so fast. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. He said, yeah, I flopped the first time. I was like, I would flop every single time, not just the first time. (laughs) 
I liked how it was musical, but not. Um, I should have said this the other way. It was like intense, but still musical. I didn't yeah. feel like the music was sacrificed just to show off or anything. And you talked about some of the songs they did. Like, was it like a mix of everything, like standards and originals? And yeah. Yeah. And then a couple of like, uh, they read to me as like, you know, those like, I don't know how to explain them like standalone songs. Maybe they're not standalone, but they're just like a song that like could be set in multiple different ways. Like it could even be lean classical without labeling it as such. Maybe just more contemporary hmm. um, standards and then originals. And the way they did the standards too was super yeah, totally. forward thinking. Yeah, totally different from what you'd ever expect. Yeah. Insane. So... Most fun. What about you, Charlie? What's on your mind? Um, nothing. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> the end of the podcast. <laughs> Goodbye. I gotta go. <laughs> so I was I uh so what I wanted to share this week was that I had I was having a lesson with a student and we were just kind of talking about um uh, different sort of like creativity sort of like gets you out of your comfort zone or 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 just uh, we were also kind of talking about elements in in including like elements or incorporating elements of chance into like the music making process so like um they were they uh, my student was kind of talking a little bit about like they had they had worked on this project where they were like rolling dice and like that determined different sort of like compositional ideas. But um, he also told me about this, uh, this really cool app, which is um, made by, or it's not made by Brian Eno, the guitarist and producer, uh, but like he was involved and it's, it's based off of, um, it's based off this like non app thing. <laughs> like it's based off, it's called oblique St strategies. I'm trying to pull it up on my phone real quick. I thought I just had it, but um it's called Oblique Strategies. And uh, Brian Eno is like um, a, a great guitar player, um, but is mostly known as like a composer and producer. Uh, he like produced some of the, um, some of the like uh, David Bowie albums, like the Berlin mm -hmm. period of David Bowie, but he's most known for um, like wallpaper music or, or uh, like, I forget what, what's the other term for it? It's like minimalist like real minimalist sort of like contemporary hmm. uh, classical ish kinds of stuff that has like rock elements and all that kind of thing. Um, but there's this app called um, uh, oblique strategies. So like the, the, um, the like tangible version of this is like a hundred dollars and you can buy it like on his website. And it's like this little box that has like a cards in it. And each of the cards you pull out, like says something that's supposed to kind of like, like click you out of like some or give you some sort of like idea for like for creativity but cool. uh, the app is like a dollar or two dollars or something on on ios and um i can just read you what it says here but uh it says over 100 worthwhile dilemmas oblique strategies is a concept developed by brian eno and peter schmidt to help artists overcome creative blocks through lateral thinking so i've been posting some of these on my instagram account lately if you've seen like a black story with like white words like yeah. just that kind of thing that's what this is so the one from today was um let me just pull it up what was the one for today the one for today was the, the app perfect. gives you something them? right 
yeah the, it like it gives you it just like spits out like a little like aphorism like aphorism and then you can and then you can post it or whatever that kind of thing i love that um but the one from today said uh make what's perfect more human hmm. i love that which I thought was cool. I liked the one you posted the other day. It was like use an old idea. Yeah. I really liked that one. Oh, I yeah. like them because they get you they get you like thinking or whatever. That yeah. feels that feels like splashing cold water on your face, but in like in writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, so it's been it's been kind of cool. I was like been kind of checking it out, but it just feels like a it feels like a fun. It's also like it's also just like a really fun thing to just like post on social media because it's kind of like, ooh, there's this like little thing. And it's like, <laughs> I um, love that. And we can, it feels really like social in a way because it's like, oh, I read this. I just saw this thing today. Like, oh, it's making me think. And I just posted it. And then other people are like, hey, that's cool. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, I fully thought those were yours, Charlie. I was like, this is totally something Charlie would say. <laughs> <laughs> definitely probably in this uh, similar sort of wavelength or something. But the, um, well, I don't know. I'm, that I wish or something, but the, um, <laughs> I think probably yes. Uh, but yeah, that's it's a really cool app. So it's called Oblique Strategies. And it's Brian Eno. I I recommend mm -hmm. checking out if you haven't listened to Brian Eno. I recommend checking it out. Uh, checking him out. Um, he has uh, some of the albums to check out. There's like music for airports. So there's like wallpaper music. Those are some of the names of some of the albums to check out. But it's just very minimalist, like little boop boop. It's like very chill. It's like huh. great. Like I'm going to try to get some work done or if you just want to kind of zone out or like be in a vibe, like it's just is like very chill. And the, the idea of it, it's almost kind of like the um, like Steve Reich, some of those things. It's it's like less like it's like less in your face. Mm -hmm. But the, I think the idea is to kind of have to change your perception on time like change your perception of time in in like listening to it he has actually other apps on ios that are really cool for like making little random blippity bloopity music which i've tried huh. to, there's like an app called bloom where like you touch your finger on your screen and it goes like and then you can touch your finger and it goes wow i love it and just kind of makes like very chill little random uh little random things so I feel like I would like that because I cannot inactively listen to music. Like our what our roommate listens to music like a lot, just getting ready or like doing things. I can't do it. I love it for her. Like I'm not vibing her at all. I cannot. I would go crazy. So, but maybe I would like something that's less because it gets in my face. Maybe I would like something more minimalist. I haven't thought about that. Because <laughs> sometimes you want something on, but yeah. then it's like that's but that's too, too much. much. Yeah, you know, sometimes I just hit the, you know the little white noise button on the iPhone. I'm just like, oh yeah, for <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. This is another option, I guess. Love. Another tool in your in your. I could just loop here. Charlie going. Boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't know that that's. I'm not. I'm not endorsing you do that. <laughs> No, Charlie boops. Um, anyways, Alexandra, what's on? What's been on your mind this week? You you saw some other music. I saw some other music yesterday. I saw Masego um, with my friend, and actually, the first opener was this person Ogi, who is super cool. The I the um, I was like, I know this guitar player. It ended up being like a guy from Berkeley that 
oh it's like oh wow that's cool friends are in you know doing things and then masego who is a um <laughs> he's a singer producer and saxophonist and but anyways i loved how he started his concert he like um so if anyone knows all of us were like all jazz vocalists and we all have sung some singers unlimited which is like deep cut oh my god i love it for a regular person singers unlimited is like deep cut and he starts the entire show with singers unlimited michelle and i'm just like the i love you i love you i yeah 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 yeah. well he's also not the only one to sample that like drake damfleet sampled it and i think it's called champagne poetry on certified lover boy and um but i like i had i just had to send it to amy i was like oh my gosh like (laughs) here you go they just started this whole like he's like he does like alternative r&b slash afro pop and he just starts his whole show with like singers unlimited i'm like i'm here for this and then it morphed it did the thing where it was like or whatever (laughs) you know i'm always scared to like mess (laughs) with stuff like singers unlimited but it was dope it It, it yields really cool stuff yeah and then he played his saxophone he played alto saxophone and tenor saxophone and this just made me think about i don't have to be amazing at the flute Cause he's like, he's like, he can play the notes, you know, and people go crazy. Mm. And I was like, I don't have to be amazing at the flute. I can play the notes. Uh, can I say that thing that I read you? Yeah. I was, I asked one of our friends who's actually in Chloe Borthwick. I, I weighed in her on her Q and a, and I just asked honing con- confidence. Like, how do you do it just to get her take? And she would, her response was kind of was humble. But one thing I loved that she said was, remember that there are people way less qualified than you living the way you want to because they don't doubt themselves. LOL. I was like, wow. Okay. So that we had, talked about that yeah. earlier. But that's that was our takeaway from the Masego concert. If you're a producer out there, always sample singers unlimited you can't go wrong <laughs> always in every song all the time <laughs> no matter what it's either lately it's either been singers unlimited or anita baker oh well i don't know errol there's a cool errol garner sample somewhere oh, yeah. in some mm-hmm. song i forget cool. I, there's such a line with that stuff but usually i think it's cool if it's used tasteful i think that he's tasteful so, that's like, a good word it was good, I think, yeah. in that situation. If it's good, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. He did not doubt himself. <laughs> it was not perceptible. It's not perceptible. Um, awesome. Well, let's jump into this week's newsletter. Speaking of jazz vocalists, um, my like top four, she's not number four. Um, Cecile McLaurin Salvant tells us about her day. Um, I was perusing the TikTok and um, 
like you know a regular person does at like three in the morning when they're like a little tired but then like cecile i mean not cecile cecile's tiktok didn't even show up it was sullivan fortner's tiktok and i was like i don't care where cecile <laughs> and like, I, sullivan, that reminds me <laughs> and so i went on onto her tiktok and i just started doom scrolling because every single tiktok she posts is so good um but i came across this one where what was she singing? Um, I think she was singing something like at her sound check. And she was like, well, I'm in my sad clown era. And she goes on to talk about her day, which I think was so captivating because so many people just post the TikTok and they're like, uh-huh, emoji, emoji, chocolate bar, you know? I'm like, okay, cool. And, or like they just, it's... The captions have turned into something like I have to say something witty. Like sometimes it's like 95% of the time it's Drake lyrics that no one really cares about. Ugh. It's just like a means to post the video that you're post or the picture that you're posting. But I feel like she flipped it around and just like, oh, yeah, I'm just singing here. But since no one reads these, I'm just going to tell you about my day. Um, and which I think it needs to be more prevalent on social media, I guess. Because so much of the time we're just showing like us doing, we're seeing the one side of life, which is like, I am doing well, like, or the I'm doing well part of life and not the like, I'm struggling part of life. So I appreciated her posting like this great, her sounding amazing in soundcheck for a show that she's doing for thousands of people. And she's like, I'm sad, mm. you know, it's honest. And I, I don't know. I, I was like, dang, this makes her just more human and more personable and accessible, even though social media makes everyone seem so, um, like puts everyone on a pedestal and makes them seem so important, but important enough to where like, you don't feel like they, you can reach out to them for me at least. But she says, I really liked what she said in one of the posts. Um, she said, I'm still ambivalent about this posting business. Can you tell? It reeks slightly of desperation coming from me, but here we are. I like the idea of writing here because no one reads these. I was mm. like, queen. That's I, heavy. That's the yeah. heavy part to me is like, it. it's honest. You know it's honest because it seems honest, but also because she's sort of addressing that it feels more private. Yeah. Because that's like another interesting middle ground is like the honesty that is public, which I think has gotten harder to to digest. This honesty I like. Yeah. Like I'm seeing honesty that's like, back in the day I had this trauma. Anyways. And it's kind of like, whoa, like what are we supposed to do with that? So this is refreshing because it's it feels like she's actually talking to people rather than sort of like showcasing her. She's yeah. like, I'm so sad today. <laughs> Instead, it's like <laughs> honest yeah. and potentially more private, even though it's public. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. Yeah, like the diary. There's a difference between kind of being authentic and like then just like posting your diary or so, like over yeah. over sharing and stuff. And it's like, mm -hmm. I think maybe some people will be like, oh, it's hard to tell which is which. And it's like, I think everyone knows. I think everyone can like <laughs> really feel like, yeah, that was like a little... I don't need all those details of stuff. <laughs> TMI. 
Sorry. <laughs> no, you're right. This is not TMI though. This is like, I think this is such a nice way too, to like what you're saying. She connects with you in a way where you feel a connection that's like alongside the music. Yeah. On a personal level. I don't know. Yeah. She. Yeah. No, go Charlie. Go Charlie. I was gonna say it's like it's maybe part of it is like different. It's like if you're if you're looking to literally just like connect to other people versus it's like um, versus kind of like looking for pity or like looking for something from somebody else, but just being like like commiserating or something. You know, that's that feels really different. Really different. Like she's it's it's that that I think she is toying with that balance, like. She's like, yeah, I'd rather be like watching Doja Cat get dressed right now than like be singing. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. Really? You feel these things? Like, and you're still singing? I it's know. humanizing. Yeah. Did you say that already? I don't remember. I have ADD. <laughs> uh, this idea, though, of like, I'm writing here because no one reads this, like, the. Um, yeah. I, I was just thinking about like how people's views of the internet have changed so much in the last 20 years or something. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I, I remember being in meetings maybe 12 years ago or something with people being like, with like other faculty people or other like older teachers being like, well, you know, we don't want our students to like post themselves like practicing or working on stuff because, you know, that stuff stays up all like forever. Like that internet is forever. And like, you know, you don't want to, you want to show your best work. Like, how are they going to get a gig if they, you know, like all this kind of, wow. and it's just kind of like, um, and I was like, I, you, I don't, you really couldn't be more wrong about this. Like it's, there's, <laughs> there's yeah. so much stuff on the internet. It's no one care. Like no one's, no one really cares. And if you can like be, if you can like express yourself on the internet and like be part of the process, there's this book. Uh, keep going by austin cleon he's the um his most famous book i, I bring him up like almost every week it's he's awesome <laughs> no i subscribe to him too on cool. Substack. but he uh his main book is steal like an artist but he has another book that's in a similar vein called keep going and then there's another one called show your work it's actually mm -hmm. show your work is the one where it's like um you know if like you if you kind of like let people into your process and like let people in on the day-to-day -day, like they actually kind of like feel more connected with your work and everything. Like it doesn't feel like this, such a mysterious sort of thing. I think either, yeah. I think either can kind of work, but I think you have to yeah. think like, I, I don't think it's for anybody to tell you what the right way is or like the best way is. I think it's, I think you like kind of feel it out yourself. The, the thing totally. I loved about Led Zeppelin, like one of the, one of my favorite things about Led Zeppelin when I was like in high school and playing in like a Led Zeppelin cover band and just like, <laughs> like they were my heroes. And it was like, one of the great things was like they never they never released us uh, like a single like for radio ever like they just released their albums and they didn't do like music video i mean it was too early for music videos really but it was like they just didn't do a lot of this kind of um a lot of this like they didn't go on on tv as much or do interviews or whatever it was just kind of like they're they're like this is the this is the thing the album you come see the show like that's it, mm. you know, like there's no, <laughs> yeah. like we're not dancing around. And there was like really a sense of mis like mystery with them. It was just kind of like, whoa, I don't even know. Like you just like look at their album cover. You're like, this seems so weird. <laughs> like, what are they like? You know, it's like no one had a, a really good idea. So I, I respect that too. And I, we know artists that are like that too, that are just like. Yeah. 
it's a line because even if you do share you don't share everything and then some people um i don't know i've talked about that before i think sometimes people think they're seeing they think they see it something that feels fully formed but i don't think anything's ever fully formed even among close friends all the time yeah i'm like on that train (laughs) but i think it's but i like seeing it most of the time i do like the more honest take on stuff i don't love when people post something and be like hey guys this is so not perfect at all it's like so far from being good but here you go and it's like clearly like an you work an attempt you worked on it i don't know i fall into that trap too but i you can work on something forever you know but that you're saying it's kind of like a you have to figure it out and draw the lines for yourself for sure another this brought up like another post that i remember that i just loved um chandler moore posted like of course like you're if you're on a tour like with the gospel choir and it's like you know five months of course you're gonna be vocally tired sometimes and he just posted this video of him like flopping just like I love totally like he's like I ain't got no voice (laughs) you know just like flopping completely (laughs) I just love that and he just somebody noticed that he was flopping in the choir and they're like I got you bro and it just started you know taking over for him he's like oh thank you lord and like like just start typing hyping them up from the side he's like yeah do your thing he's like i ain't got no voice i think maybe it's (laughs) obvious when people when you think people care what other people think or not like if someone seems like they're just doing their thing and they're authentic and they're not really really thinking about what other people are thinking i think that's what i like yeah usually it's interesting Thank you, Cecile, wow. for telling us about your day. We're reading. We're reading and we care about you. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen Cecile. to this, Cecile. Cecile, do you we see read this? It. <laughs> um, cool. Our, our next A was greatest guitar player of all time. Oh, my gosh, Charlie. Hot take. Hot take. Um, so it is a hot take. So Queen, uh, Queen legend from the band Queen, not... He's a queen legend, but <laughs> queen of the our, our, our most favorite queen, um, Brian May, the guitar player for Queen, um, <laughs> was recently uh, named uh, the, the number one guitarist of all time on Guitar World's list of 100 greatest guitarists of all time. So um, I thought his response was really cool. I actually saw this on, a, on YouTube on a, um, an interview with Howard Stern, which... Yeah. If, I, if you've ever listened to Howard Stern, if you have weird feelings about Howard Stern, I respect that, but he's gotten a lot better. Like in the last couple of years, like he's gone to, ther- he's, he's like, he's been going to therapy. He's like a really, he's like very pro therapy. He talks about it all the time. I actually think his interviews are really, are really kind of cool. But um, Brian May said, basically Brian May's reaction to this was like, lists are really silly. Like, that's really nice of you to say, obviously, but it's like lists are crazy, are crazy and we shouldn't rank people. So he says, what's my reaction to being named Guitar World's greatest guitarist all the time? I take everything with a pinch of salt, really, because you can't say who's best. The nice thing about guitar playing is that everybody's different. You really can't rank people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do, uh, we do really try. We try very hard. <laughs> we, yeah, to rank people. We seem to get a lot of enjoyment out of, out of ranking people. And, <laughs> Um, 
but uh, but yeah, I, maybe that's easy to say when you're number one. Like, oh, it's silly or whatever. Oh, but of stop. course, oh, stop! Yeah. Come on, I'm number one. But it, it didn't <laughs> seem like he seems like a very humble sort of sort of person. But um, yeah, just I mean, it, I'm kind of on, I've been on this train this uh, this spring, kind of of like awards are silly, like ranking things are silly. Like, mm-hmm. um, I get that we do it, but it's just kind of like. I'm I'm actually kind of fine that we do it, but I just think it's it's become like the most important thing in our in a lot of ways. It's like YouTube is like here's our top ten, blah blah mm-hmm. blah, you know. And we do our four for four a thing, but I think that's kind of more just about like, hey, like let's talk about some things, you know, like yeah. let's yeah. like let's uh, make a random list of things that we think you should like check out. It's it's much like it's not in order. We're not like fighting over like what's number one or or something or. Um, it's not, it's not that sort of a thing. So I I don't know. Yeah. To me, it's like, if I, if I even start to think about ranking like my favorite bands of all time or like my favorite musicians on whatever instrument of all time, like, and the, like the numbers matter, not just, I mean, you talked about she's in my top, Cecile's in your top four or something. She's not number four. And it's like, that's different than being like, you know, these are my favorite this is like a bucket of my favorite people. That's different than being like, this is the ranking. Now this person has gone up to S tier. This person's a- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's just a very different thing. And and um, like thinking about guitar players, especially, it's like I don't know. I, so much of this too is about like eras and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. and um, like how who's- can Jimi Hendrix fend for himself? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <right>? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that wow, that joke. was great. That was amazing. Uh, but I mean, like, even like people right now, like who, the people that are playing right now, it's like, well, they're not as influential as Jimi Hendrix. And I'm like, well, give them a chance. They're like 28. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're playing still. But I mean, I see I, it in- oh, nope. sorry. I was yeah. also, I was also just thinking about like guitar, like jazz guitar players, like how I would rank. And like, there, as far as I could tell, I would kind of look through the list, and there, I didn't really see any jazz guitar players on this list. I mean. Really? They said just greatest huh. guitarist. I don't think they said like greatest rock guitarist or whatever, but. Um, wow. Wow, guys. Kind of, come uh, on now. Yeah. Guitar um, world. Guitar world. Come on. There's a whole world out there that's not rock guitar. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, uh, Amy, sorry, I cut, I cut you off. No, 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 you didn't. Well, I, this is kind of taking it to somewhere else, but it makes me think about how much. First of all, I think everyone is capable of ranking things. And like, also, most people are aware that it's like subject to change. Like, I don't like picking favorites because they change, but I will. I can. But I also think like from a young age in school, kids are ranked as well. I know not in a, my mom talks about when she was a kid. It was like you knew in their whole class who was the had the best grades all the way down. You were ranked in that way. And I didn't experience that, but I've been reflecting on whatever. I've been thinking about self worth this week and. I think some of the breakdown for me is like always being told like where you are. It's like I knew I was in the this level math class and I knew that I was in this honors class, but I was like below. I knew like where I stood compared to all of my peers, which can be helpful from an educating standpoint, maybe. But I think it's emphasized way too much in terms of the student's life and and sort of like how we value we've been talking about value too like in this apartment um 
how we value ourselves and what we place value in. Like I was telling Alexandria, I place, I've placed a lot of value in, um, what I do or things I'm good at or whatever, like successful, this successful, that, and then how sometimes if you're not in an environment that feels safe to make mistakes, you start to learn that it's like, maybe that you like, you suck if you make a mistake or something, or like, I, I don't know, like, it's interesting to me. I think ranking, I know this is like a slightly different uh, sect of this topic, but I think it can like mess people's heads up. Cause then you're like, mm. I don't know, thinking about stuff that doesn't really matter, which is like what Brian May is saying. But I think it happens from a really young age. Yeah, definitely. In everything. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's like, a, that's what grades are. That, that's actually, totally. like, if you like, if you look up the definition of grades, it's like, what are they? And they're like, it's a way to rank students' performance or ability or whatever. You know, it's like, that's just all they are. Like, they're not like against each other and against like a, some sort of standard. It's not like, it's not a barometer of like learning necessarily. Yeah, totally. Um, it doesn't also bring in anything else to the picture. Like, um, and I know obviously like, you know, I think, I think a lot of times like educators are doing their absolute best. And I do think it's important to have standards and like, so this is not like, uh, boo educators. I just, I just think like a lot of times, at least in my schooling, which was through the public school, I didn't feel that the person was prioritized really at all. Like, oh, what are you interested in? What makes you excited? What makes you feel like, you know, insecure or bad at things? Like there wasn't a lot of, and maybe there's more of that too, because a lot of that sort of knowledge and talk has evolved even in the past 10 years, but it always seemed to be about the ranking to yeah. me anyways. Yeah. Ranking, getting into a good college. Or, yeah. So you can get into good college or like doing really well in the SAT, which the SAT is just a, a national ranking system of like how you rank against other people. It's like, yeah, it's all about like, okay, who's the best? How do we turn to who's the best? Or like, yeah. By this seemingly objective test or whatever. Yeah. I've actually been like reading randomly about this a lot the last like week or so because like oh, in two ways, like the two two things that struck me were one was that like most of the research says that like relative to peers, like it's very rare for students to change like their ranking like within their class, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like to their classmates, like it's, it's, it is totally possible and normal for like students to go from not knowing about something to knowing about something or like not mm -hmm. being able to do something to being able to do something. But compared to their peers, it like their rankings within their subsect or within their group is actually like pretty stat, like pretty set from like kindergarten, wow. first grade, second grade, to like all the way up through college. Like it doesn't actually like I think we think like, oh, if they had a good teacher or a bad teacher or whatever, it's like how you rank against your peers in in a lot of academic ways like it stays pretty consistent except for like some outliers and stuff like that's what mm, put a lot of the that i'm reading the outliers book the mm. malcolm gladwell book and he talks about that like these like arbitrary dates that we set in education kind of like also lend itself to like having like you have kids who are like almost a year older mm -hmm. Right. quote unquote like you know competing i hate that word yeah um, um but even just stacked against people yeah. who are just like their brain just aren't as developed when they start kindergarten in august like 
they had a whole other year of their parents talking to them. That's a huge change too, yeah. by the way, five to six. And I, in um, nanny, <laughs> like I've just noticed completely different kid. Eight months ago, totally different kid, like a totally different kid. Well, there's a thing too in that book. There's a thing too about uh, in Outliers. There's a thing about like hockey player, like pro hockey yeah. players, like yeah. almost all have like a very similar birthday because like they're just past the cutoff, so they end up being almost a year older than wow. other peers. So like they're playing like little whatever the version of little league yeah. hockey is, and just like destroying the, the little kids. <laughs> and they're is like, wow. Yeah, and they're like, wow. That <laughs> that kid's He's great. So good. He's gonna be pro, or she's gonna be pro, or whatever. You know, like. <laughs> I wonder what the yeah I wonder what the um, correlation is for musicians like if it's like mm-hmm. um, if, I think it's time I think that there, there might be like similar sort of like you know I don't know when you when you yeah. start a band or choir or when you start a piano um, lessons or yeah at this oh man we're going into this the bucket <laughs> I started playing flute when I was negative years old right so and That's I young. still suck. Alexandria. I think, I think that it is honestly disclaimer. Time. She doesn't suck. I think it's honestly <laughs> just time because I wasn't cool. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't. I didn't have soccer. I didn't. Have, I was not good at sports. So what did I do? I stayed in my room and I played the flute. What? Love. I wasn't. You know, all the cool kids had like soccer meets on Saturday. I was like, how can I play a major scale? You know, I literally think it's time and like cool factor. <laughs> so it's also though what you're told yeah completely like if you're always told i love thinking about this from any adult in your life as a kid like if you're told that you're good at stuff or that you're like you perceive in your little child brain that you're like valued because of certain things or because of not other things or whatever that can totally affect the way that you think about yourself True. and also like your aptitude for things your like willingness to step out of your comfort zone all of the things yeah. And as an adult, too, I think about it a lot. It can go either way, too. It can be like you feel successful and then you're like, well, I can't mess up now because I've set up this thing for myself. So better not do anything less than that ever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. True. I don't know. You know, because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we could we could talk um we have a lot of feelings about the education wow. system <laughs> clearly. But let's 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 hop on to let's talk a little tea pain. <laughs> Oh, I'm T-Pain. Let's do it. Um, I liked this this title because it kind of like slapped me in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, the title of the article that I was reading is literally rapper T-Pain has a simple message for people who think he can't sing. Shut up. I love this. It's so direct. Um, so basically like the article just talks about how T-Pain um, – began with an auto-tuned sound and that was pretty new to the the industry and so he was one of these people that um I mean obviously worked very hard for a long time but had like a very quick like oh suddenly he's famous going on um so I really liked this quote he reflects on only being 19 when he started to have really big success which is insane to me Uh, And he says, I was just sitting outside McDonald's hoping someone would give me a dollar for two cheeseburgers. I wasn't ready for millions of dollars right then. Um, And so like this brought up two things for me. This article one was um, 
the the success at a young age and then the other one was having to like sort of prove that he had musicianship because of a choice he was making um in a more technology way mm. and i on if i'm being honest like had to warm up to autotune as an effect that is used because i was it kind of like offended me for a while and i don't know it's like probably always whatever it's probably been used even when i didn't realize it but when i started to learn more i was very offended by the use of autotune under the guise of like oh but this is just how they sing like i felt like it was like almost lying or something or like mm -hmm. using performance enhancing drugs maybe <laughs> which i've like cooled down on that because i get it and also t-pain uses it in a way that's dope it's like maxed all the way up so it's obvious he's using autotune but then so the other thing i was thinking about in this article was like he was super affected by the way that people were treating him early on like um he talks about you know like literally going into a a few years of depression because of like yeah. what people were saying to him and the way that he was being treated he um, was talking about how his management would routinely ask him, I'm reading right now, to do things to further their own interests rather than his. Usher said something like super rude yeah. to him. He said he told T-Pain that he'd effed up music for real singers. And that's what he marked as the moment of um, of the beginning of a four-year depression. So, And that was just on a plane, right? They were like on a plane together and he just said, you know, man, you really messed up. Yeah, I guess it sounds like it was just an encounter. So I don't know. You, 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 I don't know. I didn't look into that part of it. To me, it was just like, I was alarmed. I was like, oh my God, like one at the, I don't know, just the power of insecurity of like what it could take to say that to somebody who's like clearly making an artistic choice. And then just kind of like, it just brought up a lot for me. I guess I don't have um, a button for this, like an, an end button but those are the things that i was thinking about yeah. anyone have thoughts yeah like i watched um the documentary like he talked about i forgot the, i don't even i don't know it was either this like this is pop this is pop oh yeah, yeah i thought it was the hip-hop one this this is pop i watch a lot of documentaries <laughs> um but he talked about how he the first thing he says like i didn't invent auto-tune like he did not invent auto-tune no he just he just Apparently, he found a bootleg version of it and he said, Oh, this sounds cool and started using it. It's that's part just, of the sound it, now. Yeah, it's like a, it was our, you're right, it was an artistic choice. And people like credited him with, like, you know, like, Oh, yeah, he discovered auto tune. No, it, it, the, I think like they credited um, the first, it's like a share song that first uses auto tune. Like, do you believe in auto Oh, is it that one? Yeah. Oh, it's like. I think one of the first songs to use autotune. Huh. And I think everyone just put, oh yeah, T-Pain created autotune. Yeah, he messed up the entire industry. It's like, no, you need to talk to the guy who like invented autotune and be like, hey bro, like, how did you do this? And then you need to ask T-Pain, how did you bootleg this? Like, how can, <laughs> how can I save my money? <laughs> but T-Pain teaches you financial... Is Literally. it a financial advisor? He, the weird part to me is that he uses it in a way that's obvious. I'm offended yeah. by stuff that's not obvious, which yeah. I should probably just let go of also. But like, so I don't get why. I don't know. It just was so interesting to me. And he said he seems like such a sweet person. Yeah. And he sings so well. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, you're right. Like the NPR thing. We I think you put that on a 444A, right? I did. Yeah. And then he just released like an album of all covers. Like he even- and also no autotune, right? Like or just stripped down vibes. I, think, I don't know. I, I think, think that's he- his response to this. Like, <laughs> I think he literally just took the tracks from the past tunes and just like I'm re-recording them. Oh wow, I love that. I think he was just like, "Hi guys, I can sing. Here are his songs." Yeah. Because after that, like after that whole debacle, I think he only is on features. Like you don't hear about mm-hmm. T Pain songs. You hear about T Pain features. Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. That so, who did you say was like the said something horrible to him on a was it uh, Usher? Usher. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of. So I always bring everything back to jazz, obviously, because I'm a dork. Speaking Love. of dork, but it was kind of making me think of like the Pat Metheny uh, letter or like article where he like wrote about how Kenny G is like the jazz antichrist, basically, or something. <laughs> yeah, like Kenny G is like ruining jazz and ruining music. Oh no. It just came up because I was at a party like a few days ago and like there was some, some old timers talking about Kenny G and how much he sucks and be like, yeah, Pat Metheny really put him in his place. And I'm like, Pat Metheny is like a dork from Minnesota too. I mean, like, <laughs> like, I could imagine a lot of like people from like the 50s and 60s listening to Pat Metheny's music in the yeah. 80s being like, well, that's not the music I play, you know, just like. Totally. Um, so I don't know. I, I just think it's we- I think it's weird to like. I, I think it's it's pretty art it's pretty out and pretty dark to say stuff like that to people i mean i think like you have to you almost have to be coming from like a real place of pain to like try to put someone like to to just like put that much energy in putting putting someone down or something or like i it's kind of like the people that um write comments on things that are like oh really yeah comments on the internet it's like i couldn't imagine i can barely take the time to like just live my normal life or like, just like go like write an email to somebody that I need to write an email to. And it's just like, it's like, they're just taking time to like write mean comments on the internet to people that like really could do nothing except for hurt their feelings, you know, like best and worst case scenario are the same in that, in that, in that place. So it's like, yeah. um, Yeah. That's kind of out. It is a weird use of energy. I was saying the other day, someone asked me if I liked somebody and I was like, whatever I said yeah and then I said I was like you know I mean I can come up with things I don't like about a lot of music I usually don't say it because it's like why and I can also come up with like the same amount of things that I like about the same music like usually if someone's making a choice I'm kind of like okay cool and Usher's silly too like at the beginning of his songs he'll be like Usha (laughs) (laughs) and you know like I'm kind of like what Everybody's doing their thing. Like T-Pain is, I love T-Pain songs. Yeah. They're bops. Yeah. At least he's like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. It is dark. I think you're right. Yeah, it's it sucks weird. that he has to like prove that he's a, a like a real singer. Like what? It's why just annoying. He... Yeah. Yes, of course he can sing. Otherwise he wouldn't have put out an album. Yeah. Well, yeah. It does. Uh, wait, it does. Nowadays, <laughs> nowadays, different, different. Back then, you know, you had to bootleg. Well, it mean, does like, open a door. I mean, I think here's the thing. It's like, I think it's pretty clear, like the people that like sing really great or the way you like, like it. And it, it's clear that people who maybe don't sing as great, but maybe their strengths are in other things or people like them for other reasons or people have yeah. different opinions about stuff. And it's like, 
That's it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. It's kind of like your thing where it's like, well, you can play if you just can play the notes. That's mm -hmm. really different than being like a virtuoso on a, on a thing. And I think for a long time, I was like really annoyed by this like obsession with virtuosity. And I think like mm -hmm. the what what's felt like the trend uh, of that, like it's it always feels pretty cyclical where it's just kind of like, OK, we really care about virtuosity. OK, we really care. It's like punk versus like 80s hair metal or something <laughs> or like or like grunge music in the 90s versus like the 80s, like hair bands or like like rat and like the or like Van Halen and stuff where it's like. You know? and, then, and then like there's like Nirvana where it's just like, yeah, I don't really, we can barely kind of play our instruments. We don't even care. You know, like, um, you know, and then it just, and then it, then it like flips to the next thing, you know, then it's like Radiohead where they're playing, like everything we're playing is in seven and it's, you know, <laughs> like, or whatever that thing is, it's like, yeah, play the same chord twice. Um, <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. It's just like, it's sick. It's like cyclical. It's like everyone's yeah. shooting threes and now everyone's dunking and now everyone's shooting threes and now everyone's dunking. And it's just, totally. yeah. we're back just, on the threes. We're back. Yeah, we're back to the threes. Now, actually, we're kind of swinging back to the big man. We're back oh, yeah. to the big centers. Wow. <laughs> They're fun. <laughs> so, uh, to, I liked that. You need to follow the 4A, 4A sports podcast for uh, a <laughs> take on the NBA right now. <laughs> Friends in the NBA. Um, but anyways, this is the 4A music podcast, so let's stick to that. Uh, <laughs> new music for this week. Hey, we got some new music. Oh, uh, yeah. Like I was saying last week, this is like a heavy time. There's like a lot coming out. So yeah. um, we're having to kind of maybe pick and choose some folks to highlight here. The first one, though, um, is the new album from Boy Genius, the indie supergroup of Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers, and Lucy Dacus. Um, and uh, yeah, this was, uh, this is really dominated my last couple of days of my life, this, this album. <laughs> <laughs> like it kind of started in a slow burn because I was also kind of listening to the new Lana Del Rey and I was still listening to like Nickel Creek from last mm -hmm. week and stuff. Uh, and there's a bunch of other stuff happening, but, um, but like very slowly the boy genius thing kind of like took over uh, my phone, my Apple music phone listening thing. I don't know what to talk. I don't know what I'm saying. It was not <laughs> like on my stereo, but it was all the other places. Um, but it's great that the album is called the record and it's kind of like a it's an expansion of their ep that was uh maybe now five years ago which feels like a really long it feels like it was just yesterday but um yeah i'm loving this album i the other day posted uh yesterday i posted like a little clip of me playing one of the songs that there's some just like there's just some gut-wrenching like lyrics there was something something we saw on twitter or something the other day that was like in case your local barista is seeming like extra dark or moody this week, just so you know, a new the new Boy Genius album came out. <laughs> oh, why, I love that. That's why they're being that way. Um, but yeah, really, it's uh, really cool. Really great writing, like lots of different kinds of vibes. There's some cool collabs on, on it. Um, yeah, highly, highly recommended. I haven't seen any like reviews for it or anything, but I suspect reviews are going to be really strong for it. Uh, we are... We, we had tickets to go see uh, Boy Genius in like June or something like that. They're yeah. coming to they're coming to Boston. So we're going to go see them. Oh, yeah. Well, um, 
for uh, I the new album Timeless by DeVito. Sorry, I had a rough start there, guys. You know, like, we're deciding what we're going to do, and then you're like, I'm just going to read from the newsletter. <laughs> that was awesome. That was so who, great. Is, who is DeVito? De DeVito? De okay, so he's like this Afrobeat. Um, he, I think, so my, actually, my introduction to Afrobeat was my brother playing a DeVito song, like, ridiculously loud in the shower. So mm. DeVito holds a special place in my heart for introducing me to Afrobeat. <laughs> um, but he, he hadn't released an album in a little while because um, he went through a lot. Like, I think his brother, like, tragically passed away by drowning, all of these things. So I think he, it, um, Clash Music says, um, DeVito finds, oh, this album finds the Afrobeats kingpin refusing to dwell on the past. Mm -hmm. Catharsis comes through living and embracing the future, which I loved. I think that's the whole essence behind Afrobeat. Like it's dance music to like get you feeling good within your body, but also within like your mindset. And like, I think that's why my brother was listening to DeVito in the morning, blasting it. You know, just to get his body, his mind and body like together yeah. in a sense of like, I'm going to lead with joy. Um, so I love that. Mm. And then the highly anticipated Chloe album. Um, this is her first album as a solo artist. You know, it's usually Chloe and Hallie, Haley, Hallie, Hallie, Hallie. Chloe. I think it's Hallie. Hallie. Name of the album is In Pieces. And she has like cool features from like Future, Missy Elliott. Um, Chris Brown, um, according to NME, she allows her arrangements to mirror the euphoria of the lyrics, serene in her lust and untouchable in her confidence. Okay, but I love their song, the do it, do, do it. it. Yeah, do this it, is how we do, do it. it. Do okay, it. this is this is like she's kind of I feel bad though, like talking about like whether or not to say something mean or comment more positive things. Like I when I was looking for reviews, like so many people were just like reaming into her and like the musical choices that she, either she made or I don't know who produced the album or who was on the producer, some of the album, but it was really hard to like find a balanced review. It was, and I was like, wow, this is Yikes. her first debut album. Like, like as a solo artist, yeah. Chloe and Hallie, like they had been working on that music for years and years. And so like, this is her. I think she produced some of the record, like some of the songs, and she's. It obviously shows that she's like a vocal giant. I think she has the capacity, capacity to be one of the like next vocal people who can do everything. Um, and I don't like how they don't comment on her use of that, but hmm. she. I think like so far for like a debut album, like for getting her feet wet, for like testing the waters and seeing what's out there and not doing something too crazy was like fine you know and not everything has to be groundbreaking but i think they were looking for something like groundbreaking and i think she was just like i'm gonna put out some bops that i just kind of like dancing to yeah it exposes how much people like to our roommate Jocelyn Moise said, I don't know, I don't know where this initiated from. So I don't want to give credit wrongly, but he always goes, Everybody's a critic. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wants to like weigh in, you know? Yeah. It's true. Um yeah, it's interesting. Oh, yeah. It seems like the 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 two of those, uh the that that 
the Chloe and, and uh, Haley, it mm-hmm. seems like they like people are shooting at them a lot in the like, meta- like, metaphor the critics. Like I don't, I don't, I don't really get it. Like I don't get why they seem to be. Yeah, they just seem to like people seem so opinionated about opinionated about them, even if they, it doesn't seem like they're like necessarily even like fans or even know their music very well or like know their deal very well. It's just like, I mean, I have some ideas of why, and I think it's probably like somewhat racist and somewhat like misogynistic or yeah. like it's like a gender thing too. But it's just like, I don't know. It's just like this is just go. This is like me just being like, hey. Just go find something like productive to do, like positive. Oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah. don't. If you don't like something, don't listen to it. But, um, but yeah, I think like uh, both of these, the these two other albums seem to be in like contrast to the Boy Genius thing, which was like much more like, I'm so sad, and <laughs> I I really like you, but you make me sad, and it's like Aww. nice to do, and it's nice to have a combo. I think like if you listen to all three albums this week, you will have like a pretty full range of emotion of like emotions tied to, <laughs> tied to all this. And then we have a, we have a, also a single, right. To shut out Amy. Yes. Um, yes. A friend of foray, Chloe Borthwick put out a song called don't ghost me. I think I talked about this going to the release. She had like a release show. I think I talked about it last week, but the song is really great. Um, she's just like doing her thing. She's one of these people that's just like, kind of doing it all in terms of like her her ideas about what she wants her sound to be like and what she wants her you know like uh image to be artistically and all of that it's a good song i like it so check it out cool uh i did i posted a poll this week on instagram and the the poll was uh when you first sit down at the piano what do you play do you play the same chord every time or do you play a different chord every time i answered Uh, this I did too. <laughs> so 44% said they played the same chord every time. 56% play uh, play a different chord every time. What's what's the two of your answers? So when you sit down at the piano, do you play the same thing every time to start or do you play something different every time? Different. Well, oh, yeah, different. Oh, we're doing one, two, three. <laughs> oh, no. One, two, three. Different. different. What about you, Charlie? I play the same. I play the same thing every time, almost. Well, like I almost always just like sit down and play, like some weird bullshit in like F major. Like I, <laughs> I sit down and be like, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, cool, I got that out of my system. Now let's. Like, I realize I usually play a note first. Yeah, I play yeah. a note. Yeah, I the same note. Nonsense. No, not the really. Yeah, not the same note for me. It's usually based on like either I was singing something, so I'm trying to figure out what key I was in, or. I just play some, I don't know. It's like, feels like I'm feeling for something, but it's never the same. I think I play nonsense because I want to like clear my brain. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Cool. Uh, So yeah. And then our extra credit this week was monkey has notes. I think this is from you, Amy. This is a TikTok, right? The, with the cat on the piano. Yes. Remember that? (laughs) Yes, I do. How would you that. describe this to people who are not actively looking at the TikTok right now? I would describe it as um, someone singing and filming who's playing piano. I think they're married. I think she's on Broadway, actually. Anyway, but their cat is sitting on the piano, like near the top of the piano, near the high end, I guess. And um, they just, you can tell, I just think you can tell when cats are like in it and he's just kind of like staring at the pianist, like, 
Mm, really? <laughs> and so he like his he's having to play kind of like, you know, around the cat and they zoom in. I love it because the cat's just like staring at the guy like, mm, OK, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love cats. Cats seem very judgy. Speaking of people who are judgy, cats, they, the yeah. general cat, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make a generalization, but generally I feel like cats are pretty judgy. I know. they're. It depends. Depends. I think I think cats are just like uh, like hyper boundary setters. Kinda. Like they just don't care what anyone <laughs> thinks. I don't know. I do I think maybe as a species, yeah, it could be safe to say that, but I know some I don't think my cat's judgy. I think she's just a drama queen. She's and a crackhead. She's always. insane. Sorry, is that offensive? No, she's I don't also think so. like space cadet is space a cadet. safe one to say, I think. To any space cadets or crackheads out there, we <laughs> we apologize. Apologize. I want to take this opportunity to apologize to all the crackheads out there. <laughs> Stop! No, but she, no. Every time I say thought, it, I'm getting slightly more in trouble. <laughs> we thought she was like seeing a ghost one time. Yeah, she, I should send the video. She was just like staring at the air and going, like just like hitting the air, and we're like, we couldn't see anything. Yeah, like. She's super dramatic. She'll be like on her vibe, just doing her thing. And then she'll just look up and stare at you and be like, stop looking at me. Like she'll, she'll feel like she got caught. She totally acts embarrassed. Sorry. Now I'm just talking about my cat, but she does get embarrassed. It's so she gets, <laughs> she gets embarrassed. She accidentally forgets to put her tongue in her mouth sometimes. You can follow uh, more discussions <laughs> about this on 4A cats. Amy's <laughs> new podcast. <laughs> exclusive content about my cat. Okay, Amy, do you mind? Would you mind reading us out? I would not mind. I would love to read us out. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and for supporting Foray Music. Please remember to like and subscribe. Foray cats and Foray cats and Foray sports. <laughs> um, stay tuned. We're expanding. Uh, um, please leave us a review. We would love for you to leave us a review. We will feature you. I don't know if that's incentive enough. I'll also personally thank you. <laughs> um, we'd love to read and highlight your comments. For more, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at 4 Music. Subscribe to our newsletter at 4amusic.substack.com and check out our website at 4amusic.com and grab some merch. I wear mine all the time. Alex, what's our quote for the week? Call it a day. I can't do it. <laughs> John Legend. <laughs> so sorry, John Legend. Please watch our podcast. I remember that time that I was in a plane and Usher came up to me and he just said, call it a day. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like, Dang so it. Painful. Okay, well, we're going to call it a day. We think you're yeah. super. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Cecile's name, right? Is that how you two say it to Cecile McLaurin Salvant? Or do you say it? Is it? Yeah. Do you pronounce it? McLaurin Salvant. I say what you said. Yeah. Yeah, I, say I say what you said. Okay, cool. Yeah.